Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. It is Red Memory, doing number 49. Bowser. Yeah, one away from a milestone. Wow. Uh, that I won't be here for next week. <laughs> Got it. That's fine. Got it. Um, we'll put on the video version of this out on, on YouTube to see how people how people get on with it. So if you're watching this on YouTube, Paul, hi. welcome. We do this every single week for the last 48 weeks. That's um, correct. Well yes. done, actually. You did really well there, mate. <laughs> um, we're going to have a kick-off question. Um, if you don't know, I'm Paul Machin. That there is Chris Pajak. Hi, Chris. Hi, Paul. Hi. Uh, kick-off question this week comes from, uh, I pluralised that for no reason, Dylan O'Rourke, who asks us for our five-a-side team of the worst Liverpool players ever. Uh, when we've done that, we're going to be doing some news and brief, which is very news and brief. It's one story. It's the Jamie Carragher spit stuff. We're going to be talking post-Man United, Defiance, Watford and the international break and taking some audio questions later on. But Chris, you've had a little time to think about this one we've pre-prepared. I have. I've, I've, gone with a, I've got a few options on this. I enjoy this as a question. Okay. Um, give, just give me a five-a-side team. Michael Stensgaard okay. in goal. Um, Thinking. He never played for us. He must have been really bad because we've had some terrible keepers that have played for us. Right, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I like, I like two that years, logic. Two years. But, uh, yeah, he never got a game, so he must be worse. D- than David James was ahead of him, Grabelow was ahead of him, you know, and, and you know, it's one of them, Grabelow was a great keeper and stuff. But, you know, Michael Stensgaard, for me, the story that stuck in my head was he dropped an iron on his foot and injured himself. I Wikipedia'd it, and that's not what happened. Okay. Um, he put his shoulder out, setting up an ironing board. Right. Yeah, there's a few of those stories. There was a great Dave Besson story. This is this is going to age us tremendously, but he used to play for Chelsea uh, and Wimbledon in golf. He played, he saved John Aldridge's penalty yeah, in did. the 88 FA Cup final. He um, he had a salad bowl, and it sounds like a big glass salad bowl, and he opened the cupboard for some salad dressing, and the bottle fell out, and because he had his hands full, he tried to do the next best thing, because he couldn't catch yeah, it. Yeah, kick it. He controlled it with his foot and, bro- and broke his foot. Yeah, you do. And listen, the ironing board story kind of reminded me of our mate Wensley and his dad, to be honest with you. Ironed his penis. <laughs> ironed his penis. Okay. Just wearing a shirt, ironing his trousers, flopped onto the table. Ah! Yeah. I wonder whether it was it. That's impressive if, if he's been able to do that. Um, <laughs> go on, give us the rest of, give us the, rest of the team. Paul Konchesky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, ha- it, has to, it has to be him because 
he embodied Roy Hodgson's Liverpool for me and yeah. the signings that were made and he was absolutely terrible and then all the stuff that went on with his mum on mm-hmm. Facebook and all that type of stuff um, nothing to do with how bad a football he was he, he showed us that on his on his own two feet as it were El Hadji Diouf although I don't actually think he was probably one of Liverpool's worst players but I hated him more than most players yeah. that have ever played for Liverpool you know he come off the back of a barnstorming World Cup with Senegal didn't mm-hmm. he and he was billed as this player and we bought him before the World Cup so all eyes were on him and the price was cheaper because we got him before the World Cup and he just stunk the place up and I think the thing well, that, he, he, he scored he scored two on his debut for us and we were like yeah great game him and shit looked it, amazing and then was never never reached that level again and was he the reason that we didn't sign Nico and Elka well yeah, that was always a speculation yeah we had an Elka on loan didn't we we chose not to follow that up and then instead we gave that we, we, we bought I'll add you to you. So yeah, he gets double, double, triple the blame. Uh, one that a lot of people won't remember. It's it's, it's tough for us to remember this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isvan Cosma. Um, yeah. I think he's pretty universally known as the worst player that's ever played for Liverpool. Brought in as an attacker midfielder under Graham Sunesh. At the time, we were linked with um, Eric Cantona as well. <laughs> uh, and Graham Sunesh decided to go to go for Isvan Cosma, whose Liverpool career actually ended. Paul. Yeah, slow clap for Graham. Well done, you. His career ended because back in the day, he didn't even play enough games for his work permit, Paul, because we just let him rot. Do you know what I mean? And he, he had 10 games for Liverpool. We won two, drew three, and lost five in those games that he played. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I read a story on LFCHistory.net where they actually praised him for his one good performance in a Liverpool shirt. And we were we were 3 0 down against a third division side, newly third division side in Chesterfield. And he made two assists in that game. And they literally said, because he was playing players of a similar talent to him. That's how bad he was. This is a guy that got signed for Liverpool and let go. I mean, he was absolutely terrible. And up top, uh, I'm torn between going for Balotelli. Mm -hmm. Um, and Sean Dundee. Okay. Now, Sean Balotelli is not the worst player that's ever played for Liverpool, and he's not probably in the worst five. But again, it goes back to my sort of hatred. Of, well my hatred of him, you know, four goals in his 28 appearances, one goal in the league in, that, in, in his league games and stuff. And I've spoken about it many times to you, but that 13, what well, was it, 14, 15 yeah. season, where he was on the bench and he got a chewy out of his mouth and threw it at the opposing bench and started laughing. And I'm just thinking you are the most unprofessional footballer yeah. ever and I would not want you in my five-a-side team or any team that I've ever been a part of. And then you've gone and picked him. Well, yeah, pretty much. Like, but but it is, you're not picking in general world terms. You're not picking a worst five-a-side no, team, are you? No, Sean Dundee would be in that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, uh, I've five, got... For, five appearances, no goals. I've got two variations on this, I'll be honest. Uh, I have a number of the players that you've mentioned in my... So, my actual worst... My worst team is, I've gone for, the goalkeeper one's a tricky one because we had some dreadful, in fact, every goalkeeper that has played for Liverpool has had, has been largely dreadful with the exception of Clements, Grobelar, Pepe Raider and the last month of my <laughs> <laughs> So, um, take your pick. Um, if, we're, if we're going for one of the worst... Uh, I've got. You could go for Peggy Arfexad quite easily in that. He was terrible. He's going to have to have a good career by all accounts. I've gone for... I, I, if, I, if I was true to go for it, I picked Adam Bogdan because Adam Bogdan is poo. He's so poo. And, I, and look, it's, I'm sure he's lovely, but he he just looks like, a def- like the, the, the forgotten Weasley stepchild yep, that. that just lives in a garage 
uh, and they go and practice magic spells that cause physical deformities uh, to people on. He looks like that. Mm. Wow, okay. Sorry, Adam. It's a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> but I, my, my, no, my, my actual worst one's got effects that in goal. Koncheski, Poulsen, Jean-Michel Ferry. Yeah, yeah good show. So Jean-Michel Ferry actually has... The reputation as the worst player ever to play for Liverpool. He only ever played one game, and it was that end. That was a post-season friendly game. Oh, was it Sunderland we were playing? Um, was the, he the spy the, the in the camp? So he was. The, the story goes that uh, Gerard Ullier brought him in at Liverpool to kind of work out who was f- with him and who was against him in the Liverpool dressing room. Um, yeah, d- DM largely terrible. Gerard uh, just, co- just coming off reading the back of the Art of War. Yeah, exactly. Had Sung Su tucked up in his back pocket. Um, and Sean Dundee up front because Sean Dundee, yeah. There was a point where we were like, come on, just give him a game. Give him a game. Give that Dundee a go. Um, and it, look, it never to be boiled down to if he's not getting a go, it's because he's not good enough to get a go. I have done a variation on this, okay. though, Chris. Can we just talk? Well, I just want to mention one thing about Sean Dundee. Yeah. Roy Hodgson, pretty much the nicest man that's ever been involved in Liverpool Football Club, give or take, came out with this quote. Okay. One player I do regret signing was Sean Dundee. He was terrible on and off the pitch. <laughs> Amazing. It's just so not Roy Evans, oh, wow. and that's what you've, dr- oh, you've driven him to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not Roy Hodgson. Did I say Roy Hodgson? I have got a Roy Hodgson theme, so you've segued nicely. I've gone for a Roy Hodgson inspired five aside team. Milan. What? Is it. What's that guy's name? Ivanovic? Ivanovic. Uh, well, I could put you. Uh, yeah, it, basically, I've gone. It's not quite fair on Brad Jones to put him in goal, but uh, he was there, so I'm going to put him in goal. Konchesky, obviously. Paulson, obviously. Joe Cole was there. He was. He got sent off in his first game. Well yeah. done, Joe. And Milan Ivanovic up front. Now, here's the thing. I reckon Joe Cole would be a splendid five-a-side footballer. Maybe more sevens, because you'd have to do a lot of running around in five-a-sides. But that's, I think that's where he, he would shine most, is in small-sided games where you're not allowed to slide tackle. Um, but he was fucking terrible for us, Joe <laughs> Cole. He was terrible. I had so such high hopes such high hopes. Nothing typical. If you ever, if you ever, ever concerned about like you think Liverpool are not going anywhere, or you think we're not great or whatever, we've got a T-shirt on the Red Men TV. So it's, you know, it's it could be worse. And it is Roy Hodgson unveiling. In fact, it was it, it was Jovanovic, Cole. We signed Kiriakos. I don't think he's in that picture. And it was Danny Wilson. I think was the other was the other one. Bless him. Yeah, he was a trier. Um, we used to sign Joe Coles and be like. Oh, well, look, maybe we'll get the best out of Joe Cole. No, no one was going to... You're not getting the best out of Joe Cole. The best was gone. Crap. Um, and you can say, like, people, people are critical of us getting Milner on a free. Love James Milner. Right, news in brief, Chris. Um, mm. Oh, by all means, if you want to interact, do leave your five-a-side, worst Liverpool five-a-side teams in the comments section. Or tweet us at the Redman TV. Look, normally on the podcast at this point, we run through a range of topics, but we're going to be... We're limited on time, and there's one big one that's going to have to be discussed. Jamie Carragher. Yeah. And what, what's being dubbed Spitgate because, you know. You need to do that. Yeah. Much, I mean, it obviously stems, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm absolutely stealing this line from Mitchell and Webb, it obviously stems from Watergate Gate, um, which is good to know that it's still being kept going. What a dickhead. I mean, literally, there are, there are two massive dickheads in that video, but let's start with Jamie Carragher. Okay. I mean, he's white. <laughs> There's a guy filming, yeah, I get it, and I, I we'll come on to the reasons and the whatever, maybe find some logic behind it, but on the surface, Chris, 
he's getting stick and he's right to get stick because he's basically he's opened his window and gobbed on someone on the on the on, on the road. Stupid. Yeah, it's it's a really horrible video to watch. Actually, yeah. you know, the first time I saw it, I sort of recoiled, and I was like, "That's like... Dis- that's disgusting! Like, yeah. absolutely disgusting." Um, yeah, listen, he he was a bad dick. You know, he was a bad dick. Um, there was one grown up in that video, and it was, it was a fourteen year old girl who <laughs> got spat on. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's what that's that's what what that's what it's yeah. come to. Like yeah, you know, yeah. the two the two dads in that video are both being just knobheads. Yeah. And listen, you know, I don't even think the banter was that like it didn't deserve what Carragher did. He yeah. snapped. It's obviously an accumulation of stuff, and I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't like to have a guess at what that what that is all about. Oh, but listen, we've all been in situations in life when. It's normally with our respective partners. When you lose it, it's very rarely over the incident that's that's at hand. It is. It's a culmination of generally lack of sleep. I regret regret a a few rock bottoms that I've given out over the years. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You've just had it too much. And you know what? She's burnt me toast and she just takes one through the kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually think it probably happened more the opposite way than anything else. But yeah, it's. uh... I never burnt toast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it's um, look. We, again, you're right. Look, it's we can't know Carragher's mentality, and you know, and ultimately, if he does anything else, if he, I don't know. I think the react. I think here's the thing. He probably gets a similar reaction if he flips the V's at him or something. You know what I mean? I mean, people don't recoil as much because spitting is disgusting and it's horrible. But what I mean is, there's probably still as much of a furore over it because it's Sky Sports presenter Jamie Carragher. If he tells him to, if he tells him to fuck off, well, that's just that's that's him being bad again on the scale of badness. Just because spitting is a horrible, disgusting thing, it's it's worse. But there's a there's a there's a you, you know what we were doing. Controversy we were doing a we were doing a live show this morning, the news show, and one of the things that was brought up in that news show is Wayne Rooney. And I don't want to throw around other people, but Wayne Rooney's been caught drink driving. You know, Roberto Firmino. These have all got jobs in the Premier League stuff. So yeah. this this stuff, as disgusting as it is, it's not the worst thing in the world. Let's be mm-hmm. let's be blunt about it. You know, there's far worse things going on all around the world in every in every bloody yeah. street on yeah. England and all that type of stuff. You know, it's 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 ridiculous that we live in an age where this stuff gets blown up to the point where this is now the third video that I'm doing on it. <laughs> yeah. There's it's the, crazy, it's no, ridiculous. And the, the thing that gets me is that like you can tell that it's a, a spare of the moment red mist thing from Jamie Carragher. Because he's not considered the fact that he's driving at like 50 miles an hour and the odds of him genuinely getting that spit in the window of the other guy properly. And that's why, you know, I, there's a great story, you know this one, where I was driving down the motorway uh, in my youth and I had no water in my windscreen wipers and my screen was getting more and more covered. It was a bit, you know, there's a lot of salt on the road or whatever and it was getting harder and harder to see. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, back in the, now I'd pull over and sort it out. But when I was 19, yeah, I didn't have that level of intelligence. I did have a bottle of LucasAid Sport, squeezy. So I'm thinking, I'm driving 70, you know, keeping to the speed limit, just to clarify the story. Because, you know, there's a lot Both of hands to, on the steering wheel. discuss the legality. Both of, hands uh, on the steering wheel, Paul. Of course, just for that very brief moment when I had to wind my window down and try and squirt LucasAid Sport onto my windscreen to create enough liquid, I ended up with 
if if we count like a hundred percent of the liquid that left the bottle, approximately two percent of that liquid ended up on the windscreen of my car. It ended up covering one percent of the windscreen, which was in an area of the windscreen that I I can't look out of anyway because I had to sit up very high in the corner. And the other ninety five percent or whatever it was of that Lucasade ended up down my arm and on the inside door of my car because. Well, you know, physics, mm. right? Yeah, you know, so, you know, we, we do stupid things and there's no way... Ka- <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if Ka- Carragher could have thrown something, you know what I mean? He's got a better chance of throwing a heavy object out of his car or something. I don't... It's mental, isn't it? There's yeah, no, crazy. There's no natural reaction. There's no... That's not the, that's not the response. That's not a reasoned response is what, is what I'm driving at. That's a... Split decision. I'm spitting. Yeah, spitting. Yeah, I, I've ne- I can ha- honestly put my hand up and say I've never spat out of my window. Ah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Right, let me tell you this story. By the way, Chris Page has never spat out of his window, but not for the want of trying. <laughs> so we're driving down the road, and we're coming up to traffic lights, and on the drive up the road, the window is open. The driver's window is open. Chris just. Winds his window up, he's done, he's done with the window being open. He gets to the traffic lights, turn, and for the sake of the camera, spits <laughs> his window. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. So we all do we all do stupid things in the yeah. heat of the moment. And sometimes li- not in the heat of the moment. Yeah, sometimes not in the heat of the moment. But you know, moving the story forward slightly on the just, Jamie Cannon. There's no look, there's no defending. I'm not going to no, sit here no, and not say, like... you know, I think I think we can talk about, about and I've done a video over on, on my YouTube channel about the, a bit more about the, how much of a bell and the other the fella is as well. There's no defending either action really, but again, as far as that reaction from Carragher, it, it is it is absolutely indefensible because he... it's indefensible. It's absolutely disgusting, and I think he knows it, and that's yeah. that's the main point of it, isn't it? You know, it it's. It's really tough to watch, and one of the reasons that it got it got to me so much is because I think that Carragher's been doing a really good job of promoting Liverpool and Liverpool people yeah. in media. Yeah. Because I've I, I felt for years and years that Scousers don't get the rub of the green when it comes to this type of stuff. And anyone with a strong accent, not just Scousers, by the way, I yeah. think anyone with a strong accent generally doesn't get on national TV yeah. because of that accent. And Carragher was breaking down a few walls there and breaking yeah. barriers down for Scouse people and stuff. And then what it comes back to is what everybody thinks that Scousers are like yeah. and that's the thing that's disappointed me yeah. more than absolutely anything because yeah. he's an absolute hero of mine and he's he's shed Liverpool people in a bad light and I don't like that yeah I know and that's, that, that's, I totally agree with that because he, he does all that he's gaining so much popularity and so much credit and it's amazing how many people have talked about even people who, you know, people who don't really care about the ins and outs and aren't shocked or whatever saying what a, how many people have mentioned what a great pundit he is in this which is he should be irrelevant I guess but you're right and then the scally comes out and is the thing though and the thing about we're remembering about Jamie Carragher is he's come the long way up not like the you know Ricky Lambert Jamie Vardy long way up kind of thing like but you know he's a a scally lad from Bootle he's worked his bollocks off he's he's, he's made the most out of his, of his talent, he's made himself a, a very good career. And when people got to the end of that, no one would have thought Jamie Carragher would have been one of the top two or three pundits in, no. in world football off the back of it. Because as you say, oh, Scouse lad, oh, he's got it's been quite high pitched at times, etc., etc. No, he, he, he's adapted that role and he's taken that on. But it is always worth remembering for that. There's, I think there's a lot of people sometimes, I think, 
if you if you're comfortably middle class, sometimes I think people look at that and go because it's not it's not a it doesn't compete with them sometimes. I'm not suggesting that every scally or everyone from Bootle would naturally react like that, but there is to to a degree with where you just it's something that if he was if if he was in a scrap and if, if he never became a professional footballer and ended up in a fight in a pub or something and did that you probably you see that happening in pubs and clubs the length and breadth of the country every single week but he's a felon he's dragged himself and that's the that's the, the, the thing that gets forgotten sometimes is that he's just a he's just a fella at the end of the day we hold him up to this high regard and this high esteem because he's a, he's a he's a pundit and he's a he's a millionaire and he should be able to do that he's still a ma- he's still fella at the end of the day if you took Jamie Carragher out of football he'd react in the same way. Any given, and that some people could say that's to his credit because it's not changed him, but equally it just means that he's got that edge to him. That I'm sure he's not pleased with that. I'm sure he wouldn't love to have that edge. I'm sure he would. He would like to have that. Also, also probably what made him the player that he was. Yeah, when he was lucky, he was a dickhead when he was 18, Chris. You know what I mean? He nearly got, he got sacked by Liverpool at, at that age. You know, this is the lad who, who picked a coin back up on at a football match and threw it back into the crowd because he thought that was the. He thought rather than react to someone throw a coin at me by you know like Louis Suarez putting it in your boot or whatever to try and pick that person out again by throwing it. There's a, there's a case to be made that every Jamie Carragher is there's a little bit of an idiot in him. He tries his best to, to uncover it, but he's, he's human. He's there's human. a little he's bit flawed. of an idiot in everybody, and isn't exactly, it? And, exactly. and, and here's the thing, and you know, I, I said it on the news show today, Paul. I have forgiven Gary Neville almost for being as bad a monk as he was, and, <laughs> and I can see that he's a great pundit and probably the best analyst on Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think I'd feel the same if Gary Neville did something like yeah. that and was able to apologise yeah. because it's the apology that makes it for me because I sat there and I watched it on my own um, and I you know, I sat down and watched the whole thing and there was a point where he was talking about his kids and he stopped talking and I could see that it was affecting him yeah. and I, I, I put myself in that in that situation and thinking about how my kids would feel about me and all that type of stuff and we've all done things yeah. that we regret and it was at that point that I went, the guy's absolutely sincere yeah. and everybody deserves a second chance on something yeah. you know he's stepped up he's gone on live TV he's talked for 13 minutes fielding the same questions he's not been uppity about it yeah. it's clearly obvious that he's very very sorry about it he sh- the book shouldn't be thrown at him he's held his hand up he has gone on live TV to sort this stuff and he's apologised I think it's contrite and I think it's genuine yeah yeah hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Absolutely. Um, I... Yeah, look at it at the end of the day. If Jamie Carragher walks up unprovoked and spits in someone's face, then, you know, absolutely. But I think there's a degree to which we all need to get off our moral high horse and remember that although we don't see, look, we only see the context of what's within the, the, the framing of that video. We've no idea what's going on, in it, as you say, in his, in his day and his life leading up to that point. We all have those moments where we lose our rag. And then after the fact, we look at it and go, why the hell did I do that? What was going on with that? To 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 punish someone when, as you say, when they've made efforts for reparation in that regard, they've tried tried to apologise. I think his apology's been largely accepted. It looks like the the response from the fella and I think his daughter as well have kind of said they don't you know they don't want him to lose his, his job over it, which you know maybe should have thought of that before buzzing his head off when he's you know laughing when it when the incident happens, etc. etc. But I don't know. I, Sky will do what Sky will do, but I, I, I hope he's able to put it past them and, and move on because it shouldn't be forgotten the good work and the good stuff that Jamie Carragher's done around it. And it's you know for an incident like that, that it should be. I think it should be, and it will be trivialised in the fullness of time. You know, we'll see it on the uh, Great Big Quiz of the Year or whatever. You know, <laughs> you know, in, in in December. Hopefully, it'll be forgotten. Was and hopefully, people can 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 move on because there's, there's far worse people. Out there doing far worse things and getting far less attention for it. Yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> so Liverpool lost to Man United. It gets better, Chris. Um, but one thing I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about the game. We've got the final word show. So if you want to go and get our uh, detailed analysis on that, then please do go and watch that. You've done a great stuff on the stats and tactics, breaking down the goals. What was your favourite bit? Uh, the bit where you worked out about whether Dejan Lovren's uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, do go do go on that. That's on the redmentv.com. We do loads more of the podcast stuff and loads more of the, the in-depth video content. It's not just us messing around, laughing about laughing about uh, crap players to play for Liverpool. There is, some, there is real seasoned analysis on there. I want to talk about the response to it, really, because we had a few days to to, to kind of mull it over. And it, for me, the defiance that Liverpool fans have shown, it stems from the fans who were inside Old Trafford. Now, we weren't there, but what was great was watching the videos coming out after it. Fans are locked in, as as happens, but the just the, the atmosphere and the mood. And I... I Liverpool will do that. We'll we'll sing when we're locked in because there's nothing else. There's nothing else to do a lot of the times in those situations. But I got a real buzz, a real hit of positivity about that because I think it's a message. I think how Liverpool fans conducted themselves there was a message just to the to the remaining stragglers inside Old Trafford who hadn't obviously shot off down the M1 or M6. Um, um, but it was a message to say, listen, you know what, we'll lose this game of football, but it doesn't matter because we believe we're on the right track. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And we are on the right track, Paul. You know, we've seen for the last three months we've been in scintillating form and, you know, you can lose at Old Trafford. You, people do lose at Old Trafford. It's a tough place to go to against a very good tactical manager in mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho with world-class players and, well, you know, the talented players that they've got. 
doesn't take away from what Liverpool are doing this season. Mm-hmm. You know, we're into the last quarter quarters of the Champions League. Yeah. You know, we're fighting for for top four again. We're fighting for second place in the Premier League again, and we're improving again. You know, and we've done that since Jurgen Klopp's come into this club. And you know, I can feel that there's something very, very special brewing at Anfield and brewing in Liverpool. And this squad is going to take a leap and a giant leap again. You know, I think we've been good this season, but the understanding going into next season means that we're going to be in a greater, you know, there's a much better foundation. Yeah. to be able to go and actually challenge for stuff and listen one defeat isn't going to end that did Manchester City uh, crumble when Liverpool beat them no. no they didn't they just carried on because that's what good teams and great teams do because yeah. you'd accept that it's a game of football anything can happen in 90 minutes and you've just got to go and prove that you're better over a 38 game league season yeah no I absolutely agree with that I, I, I've been thinking about it and thinking about Klopp's tenure actually and how I remember saying I don't know if it was the end of his first season, it was probably more like the the, the, the back end of, of, of his of his second, really. That I I felt that you could, if you if you imagine, like, like stick with me on this one. But if you imagine every game is like a a, a board of, of of buttons, and when you press that button, they light up, and those are the ones that, that stand out for that. So it's a thirty eight buttons on there. In the first season, or the first games under Klopp, obviously we didn't have the full thirty eight, but you could go through and you can touch stone like the Man City away performance and you can do a couple of there's a, there's a the Tottenham won the first game, you know, you could see instantly what was happening. Exactly. And you can pick like Dortmund away and you can pick Villarreal at home and those kind of things. And you can see that you could you, you looked at those games and when you reviewed the season you went, they were our best performances. They were what a Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool team is gonna look like. So then we come into the next season, and I think we 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 effectively doubled that, and we played. You know, we, you you light up a few more, and you've got some really great victories within that, and you get it, and you go, well, okay, it was great, but it kind of fell down a little bit here and there, and I just think this season, when we when we put this season next to the others. There's just going to be, uh, very simple terms, there's going to be a shit ton more lights lit up on the board of this season that, that show absolutely unequivocally the progression with which this side is making. We we People fear that it's going bad and, and I think the hysteria around poor results this season has been totally out of proportion to the problems at which Liverpool have actually had in reality on the pitch um, and you're dead right in terms of that foundation I, 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 for me I think it's blindingly obvious mm. how good Liverpool have become it's just inevitably one of those things that we're not quite there yet I'm not sure you ever I'm not sure if we'll ever be there I'm not sure that any team truly gets there I'm not sure that you can ever, you ever have 11 perfect players on the pitch at any given time etc etc but you're right. This isn't. This is not hope. I think there's far more reason to be to be expecting of of Liverpool to be good more regularly than there's. I think there's been for five. Of course, there is. Blumen heck, we've got better players and we're playing better football than almost at any other time in the last five years. You know, thirteen, fourteen was great. This Liverpool side is on its way there now, you yeah. know what I mean? And the problem is we're fighting against the Manchester City side that is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but that that you know it, the, the start of next season is going to be massively important. One of the things I was doing something with um, 
with Sporf last week, and one of the th- one of the analogies that I used was, and we were talking about Mourinho, and I said this: like Mourinho thinks Mourinho's walked into a game of Monopoly, right? And he's been given Park Lane and Mayfair, yeah. and he thinks it's a good idea to throw hotels on them. Yeah. Well, listen, I could throw a hotel on Park Lane and Mayfair and get results. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's going to happen. Jurgen Klopp had the orange, he had Van, and he had Bow, and he had yeah. Marlborough, and we're slowly starting to build up our houses, and we're at the point where we're putting our first hotel on there with mm-hmm. Virgil Van Dijk and stuff, and now we've got a green on the board as well. Yeah. That's what Liverpool are doing. You know, we've got to fight against these established sides. You've been here for much longer than us now yeah. at this point. And it takes time to get there and it's not all going to be easy. You know, you don't win with oranges and blues on Monopoly every single game. Yeah. You're more likely to win with the greens and the purples or whatever. Yeah. But you do win and you will get there eventually if yeah. you keep on building, right? And that's what Jürgen Klopp's doing at Liverpool. Yeah. You can see that every single time. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think the, the comparisons, this team is so similar. And we've talked about this so many times. The stats are there. To 2008, 2009, and 13, 14. Both are our two best seasons in the Premier League era, and both times when we fell short, but crucially, both times where the team fell off a cliff the following season. Now, don't get me wrong, rewind to the end of 13, 14. I thought we were going to be back. I, you know, I was saying we're going to win the title next season because if we keep what we've got and blah, blah, blah. And similarly, uh, 08, 09, you know, we felt we were, we were, we were pressing on. And so maybe this is just pure naivety again for me, but again, who cares? I don't believe it to be true. I have never been more confident that this is a Liverpool side that is going to progress and is going to consistently remain at the top end of the league. Because I do, I think we've got there. I think we've put the we've put those great foundations that you you set in place, and that'll be the difference. Is that if we'd been able to be strong, if we'd had a clear vision. In both of those times, Liverpool were in massive upheaval in 08 09. That was, that was just, it, look, it broke down because of the ownership off, off the back of that. That was, the, that was absolutely breaking. But the, we, we fucked the summer up because we had the whole, you know, Xabi Alonso, Gareth Barry, yeah. Robbie Keane, you know, debacle. And similarly in 13 14, we let Luis Suarez go and we had, didn't have any effective plan for, for replacing him. Could happen again this summer, but, you know, if it, if it doesn't, then I think Liverpool are, as you say, I think we are the most like, as likely as any, I should say, to to put a title challenge in. Absolutely that. agree with that, mate. One hundred percent. But yeah, I, obviously that's that's next season. With regard to this season, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Watford coming up and and, and how we're going to handle the international break after that. But before we do, hello, um, Tom and Sai. And Ross have done a fantastic job this week. We've got a new podcast that's been going for a few weeks now. comes out after every single game. It's the Man of the Match podcast where they sit down and debate the best and uh, sometimes most unfortunate performers of the week in any given game. Normally a hard... Uh, no, no, not normally a hard one. Normally a very, very easy job. Bit of a slog for them this week, so they've done an absolutely sterling piece of work. Have a quick listen and see how you get on with this. Time starts now. Yeah, so it's a tough one this week, isn't it? I'm going to qualify it by saying I don't think anyone played very well. I don't think Sadio Mane himself played very well, but I thought he was the best of the bad bunch. In a game when we needed people to drive at them, because they, they were sitting so deep, we needed people to get pick up the ball, drive at them, run at them, try and make them to make mistakes. He was the only one. I thought he was the only one in the team who'd done that. Maybe Robertson done it a little bit on the left from, from left-back, but he was coming deep and picking it up in midfield. He was winning fouls. His passes weren't coming off. His passing... Is when when we needed that through pass, his passing was poor. That's obvious. That's plain for anyone to see in that game. But at least he was trying them things. And I thought if anyone was going to make something happen, then it was him. And he did that. He got he got the assist for the own goal. You get a little bit of luck, but it shows what can happen when you drive at them and you just put put, put balls in areas. 
and see what happens. Uh, it felt like if we were getting a second goal, it would have come, come through him. Uh, he had five out of six dribbles complete, which is the most on the pitch. Surprisingly enough, he actually completed 79% of his passes, which is the most out of any of the front three, which I, I was surprised when I seen that, that. Yeah, if you want to get involved with more Redman TV podcasts, Redman Radio podcast, go to theredmantv.com, sign up. It's completely free for the first month. Try it out. See how you get on with it. If you buy into your podcast and you want them on your phone, you want them in your in your app, you can get them as well as a feed set up, isn't it, Chris? So yeah. all the subscriber podcasts can go into Stitcher or, or Pod, what being Pod Addict, iTunes, you name it, you can get there. Amazing. Watford then, uh, Lumen. This is, we've said this a couple of times this season, it doesn't stop being true, but, you know, we, see, we can see now that this season's not likely to be defined by how we perform in the big games the way that last season was. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that we got into top four because we had the best record against those big teams. That was the hardest way around to achieve the expectations of last year. What we are doing is making much lighter work of the teams that you are, in inverted commas, meant to beat. Mm. Watford are one <laughs> of those teams. And so that's what's going to have to happen now, Chris. You know, we, we are in the final furlong. We can see the finishing post. Liverpool have just got to get back into the swing of doing what we've done consistently well this season. Yeah, and listen, you know, we, we, we've had a tough tough result last time out and a tough place to go to. We'll be looking at this game and going, let's get a little bit of retribution before we all head our different ways for international break. And Watford coming off the back of a terrible loss against Arsenal. Now, um, if Arsenal can beat them, we can. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's as simple as that. And, you know, it was it was comfortable for, for Arsenal in the end, the 3-0 win, wasn't it? And this Liverpool side, I don't think... I don't think stuff affects them like it probably affects us fans, yeah. you know, as or even as it's affected teams in the past. You know, every single time we've had a tough result, we've bounced back. And yeah. the only one being probably the West Brom and the Swansea results, I think, mm-hmm. were back to back. But yeah. other than that, you know, after that Tottenham result, my word, we were scintillating yeah. for twenty games or yeah. something like that. And that's that's the Liverpool side, and it's not the it's not the ones that struggled in the cup, and it's not the ones that struggled at Swansea. This Liverpool side will bounce back. This front three will bounce back, mm-hmm. and Watford are going to be on the receiving end. I think this weekend. Yeah, and and I think there's a, there's a degree to which uh, I always say that the first game of a season often it defines how your season goes, which is mental when you think about. It. And there's loads of examples of it not being the case, but I can think of a number of Liverpool seasons where if you get you, you get off to a win. And sometimes you, 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 the optimism that go that flows with that helps me. I go back to and for the best it was mentioned earlier. You know we drew with Arsenal first game of Roy Hodgson's career because Liverpool just you know Joe Cole lost the head, Pepe Reina lost the head. That game could have gone very very differently, and that we could have had a very very different Liverpool off the back of it. But sometimes you, you get that and that that the Watford game. We saw so many good things in, in how we performed there, but we saw so many things that became the story of the, the narrative around Liverpool season, you know, conceding goals, throwing leads away, etc., etc. I hope it's another great story there where I hope these players go out there and, you know, having Van Dijk available to us now will, be, will make a big difference to this. Having Karius in goal will make a big difference to this as well and hopefully not having Genie Wijnaldum defending the near post. Yeah, that, that, that Genie Wijnaldum one was nuts because I remember looking into it at the time and it's the first time he's defended the front post at a corner for us because last season when James Milner was playing left-back and James Milner didn't play in this first game of the season against Watford, he was the guy defending that. Mm-hmm. So we'd gone into this with a new sort of... The zonal thing was exactly 
exactly the same. But we had a new guy defending that front post area, and he clearly wasn't very good at it. Yeah. You know, I hadn't had any practice at it. You know, we've got a settled, settled team now. We've been defending corners really quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been winning more of the second balls as well. So this Liverpool side, and sorry, this Watford side, will be looking at Liverpool and thinking we can get at them there again. Yeah. And this Liverpool side, it's now time for them to go. No, you can't. Yeah. No, you can't, lads. And we're going to hit you on the counter attack, even yeah. if you tie it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important, just in it, in very simple terms. We've had too many times. I don't think mentally I'd like to be able to enjoy the international break to the best of our to the best of our ability. Well, yeah, exactly. But you know, but but that but it's what I mean. I think this is this is a nice little staging ground for the last the last little run of the season, isn't it? Pardon me. You want to go in with three points tucked up, be asked about what everyone else does because look, one of Spurs, Chelsea, United. Are gonna drop points again between now and the end of the season. It's gonna happen. Hopefully, it, it, we don't need to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge along that way. But you know what? If we have to, let's 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 go and do that. But it would be nice just for our for the fan base just to be able to take a big deep breath as well, be able to get through this three points. Look at the table and go, okay, you know we are we are where we are. We can analyze what the remaining results are. We can go and enjoy that Liverpool Munich Legends game as a as a as a fun thing that it that it is. Uh, rather than having to use it as a distraction from the horror of, of supporting <laughs> the Reds, um, and obviously also prove you know to Chelsea as well. I think it's important for us to, for for us to, for, for Chelsea to be looking at the league table, going, "This is not going to happen. Damn. This is not. You know, this is not. This is not going to happen." And so yeah, because there's a very good chance as well they're going to have they're going to have more time to focus on that. Can, they just say, can, I, can I just say though? I, in a weird way, I kind of don't want that for the development of this team. You know, I want it because it'll be it'll be much more comfortable for me, um, and I I'll be able to deal with the run into the end of the season. But what going after two like two things at the end of the season can do for this side and them succeeding could be better than you know having an easy run in, for example. So yeah. if you treat second places where the hate to say that's the win this yeah. season if you can get to second place and you can go deep in the Champions League at the yeah. same time I think that's better than getting knocked out of one and just doing really well in the other yeah, you yeah. know what I mean you've got to be able to prove because if you want to win trophies that's what you've got to do yeah. if you want to win the Premier League and you want to win a cup then you have to go deep in competitions no, at the same time you have to get used to it yeah. so for me I I want it to be a bit, not too much of a hard slog, mm-hmm. but just enough that keeps them focused. You know what I'd like? I mean, again, you, you, maybe you're right, and maybe that, maybe that. Um, not a fan. Well, like not that, having, maybe okay. not. You know, maybe not having a net is the is, is 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 the answer to maintaining motivation or whatever. But I would like because we've seen that our away record against good teams this season is absolutely horrendous. I would like to rock up to Stamford Bridge with the cushion of knowing that. It doesn't. It's 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 a it's a bit. Of, I'd like it to be a dead rubber by that to to, to, you know, to the best ability. I want them to be pressed on. So maybe it gives us that. If so, if we if we were to lose it, which is entirely possible, because they're you know they are a good side, and again that we have that poor record so far this season. Maybe that gives us the impetus for the last few games just to to, to g up if they get a bit close to us. But it would be nice just to build that or, or maintain that cushion to the better to the best of our ability but you might you know maybe maybe these lads do need that maybe they just need that and maybe we do work better now. I, I think there's enough evidence to suggest that that when all when the pressure is on when they are when they're tired you know what I mean when they're when they're forced to force themselves through with aching muscles and, and that kind of stuff that they do actually perform perform better than when they've been given a little bit of time off so no you maybe maybe you're dead right on that one um got some questions then uh, Alex Yet Yetainen, 
Sorry, Alex. Uh, strengthening the front three in the summer. Yes. No. How to, Lamar Pulisic? Yes. Don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Probably Defo. Yeah. I um, Absolutely. I think we... Uh, kind of like what we've seen... We're not in transition anymore. I think we've got we've got a squad. We've got the core of what we're looking what we're looking to do. But you should always be looking to upgrade on what you do. And whilst we, I think the defense still needs. I think the defense needs another first teamer. I think we need another top quality first team centre half. I don't think we need another. If provided we we keep hold of Manny Firmino, Salah, which I, again right now I would expect us to. I don't think we need a first teamer. For that, because I think the front three is the the front three. I think you would struggle to improve upon that. But I do think we need another quality person who can bang on the door, who can improve. And if that's Pulisic, great. Go and do what it takes to get to get Pulisic. I'm not sure it's Lamar, um, but whoever that is, go out and buy that. Spend whatever it takes to you know whatever it takes to get them and get that sorted because we have so far touch wood. We've been okay. Mm. We've managed. We've managed the squad reasonably well in terms of keeping people on keeping people on the pitch. I, you can't. I don't think that's that's not sustainable. But equally, I think you want competition. I think you want. You know, I, I you want to win the kid there. I want to win the kid there who's going. All right, Mo Salah, how is it you do that? And then does it, and then all of a sudden Mo Salah's going mm, okay. Uh, Right, okay, well, I'm not going to be slacking off because I don't want some punk 19-year-old kid taking me place in the side and similarly for, for a few of them. So, yeah, I think strengthening the front three in the summer is, is, is vital. I to think, the, I think the hardest thing that uh, Jürgen Klopp's going to do and his, his Liverpool managerial career might, might be uh, defined by this is to find the next Firmino. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I pondered something the other day whereby I've seen Liverpool sides and I've seen the media throw throw this line at them they're a one man team mm-hmm. I've seen it for years I've seen it when Gerrard was there I've seen it when uh, Owen. Owen was there I've seen it when uh, Suarez was there and I think we might be more of a one man team now mm-hmm. which is it's weird because it's it's clearly not a one man team they're not talking about Firmino when they say that though they're I, talking about Salah but Salad, it is Firmino it's Firmino yeah. and I, I just my fear is that if he's taken out for any stretch of time touch wood that that could be Jurgen Klopp's biggest decision to make yeah. because you've got to get someone in there who can do a job and do the same job as Roberto Firmino because you don't really want to have to bring a striker in and then change the way that you're playing. Uh-huh. But also, they need to be really good and yeah. they need to understand what Firmino's doing. And I just look around world football and think, there's no one. Yeah. There's no one like that right now. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Jurgen Klopp can't make another Roberto Firmino because I'll be honest with you, he made Roberto Firmino. Yeah, yeah. Roberto Firmino had all the skill sets and the tools to do it, but, but he wasn't. He was, put him there, no, like. no one would have. Yeah. You know, Jürgen Klopp's got to be given credit. Can he do it again? Can he replicate that? Yeah. Could be the biggest thing of his Liverpool career. The good thing is, is that you've got Firmino there for the template. Oh, goodness. You know what I mean? But, you know, I used to talk about this about how, why Man United signed Michael Owen. It's because they had um, Hernandez, who was of, of a similar ilk, and it was like, great, go and get a season. Is that you had the ball at the back post, mate? Exactly, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, go and learn, go and learn from that. You've got an ad, you can, you can do, you can do a copy of you over the, uh, the characteristics over, so to speak. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if, if we don't know who it is. It's because 
that going under the radar. Maybe we do pull it. We do pull a gem out of somewhere. Whatever the solution is, I think you're right. I think that's something. That, it's funny. I think it was something that Sachin Nakrani wrote on in his article on, on on our website the other week. Was that you know it's vital that we do start to look into that kind of thing. You, you, you're dead right. For me, I think we've got we've got options. I think two would be nice. Or you get, like I say, you get someone who. So if you have to put Salah in that position, or you have to put Manny in that position, then you still got someone with a, a ridiculous pace. So you're not, you know, putting Lalana out yeah. wide again, or or whatever. Okay, Mark Holloway. What was your favourite film growing up, and your favourite film of the last five years? I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast or the week before, but Good it's Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, my, was growing up, growing up it, it, it's always been a toss-up between Back to the Future and Shawshank Redemption. I mean, yeah, Shawshank Redemption is a great film. Unbelievable. Um, they're both films that I I can't watch often, but every few years I, I can go back to and still feel the a sense of. They get an emotional response out of me whenever I watch them. Like Back to the Future, it was on. It was going back like six or seven years now, probably. But it was on the cinema. They got a re-release for like one night only, and that was the only one I'd not seen on the pictures at the time. Going to see that was like a proper giddy schoolboy moment for me. Um, one of the films that you know is right up there with my favourites. Doesn't get a mention here, but it will do now. Is and for similar reasons, is Braveheart. I can't tell you the amount of walls I've ran through when that speech happens, Paul. I've just <laughs> I, you know it's why I keep moving house. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm off. See when you the, later. When the renovation works, happens. <laughs> just put it on repeat. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, go on, what's your favourite film in the last five years? It's between Wolf of Wall Street, The Big Short, and a surprise entry, uh, Rogue Squadron. Interesting. Rogue One, sorry. Rogue Squadron. <laughs> it's a surprise entry because it's not a film. Uh, Rogue One. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed Rogue One. That was great. Uh, there. Mine, I only basically I only watch sci-fi and superhero films at this point because I have limited time available to me and they're what I like. So I, I would have to go Guardians of the Galaxy. <sighs> Yeah, that was a great film. Too. Yeah, because I, for me, and I was actually going to pick like Scott Pilgrim, but it turns out that's like eight years old now, which is scandalous. Um, I like a movie that it's also got a soundtrack around it as well. So, uh, War Hard, the Dewey Cox story is one of my favourite films in terms of uh, comedy, but it's got that Blues Brothers as well. So, having that, I like I like the fact that you can take that take that away with you in Guardians. That first Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, second incredible. one's pretty good. Then the second film's really good as well. Like, but yeah, not as good, not as good as the first. I was shocked. To see that it's nine years since the Star Trek reboot because I, I wouldn't have minded having that in to be honest. Um, okay, Aiden Brannock, ideal Champions League draw based solely on what away day you'd want to experience. Juve, you want to go to Turin? Yeah, I want to. I want to go to that ground. Okay. You know, I've loved. You know, I've yeah. loved Juventus for years and years and years. Like so, it was a toss up between Juve and Barca, and I like Juve and I don't like Barca. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Barca was my my pick. Would have been my pick if I'd not been there on holiday recently, just to just to go there because I've not been since I was a little kid. Um, so it wouldn't be like a you know, oh wow, I'm here. I, you know, I did the new camp tour again. That video's on my on my channel. I was a bit critical of how dirty it was and how how much of a lack of a roof it's got in certain places. Um, it's past that. I get Munich another one, but I, I did Munich in the summer. But they're the two. I, I I wouldn't mind going to do Munich again as a proper as a proper away day. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd pick that. And just lastly, uh, Milesy twenty who's at, at Clopsy twenty says, "What are your final thoughts on how the Ball Street relaunch turned out and how much work went into it all?" He said, "In my opinion, you definitely did a great job. Thanks very much, Milesy. Um, buzzing with it. So if you know, if you're into footy chat, we've been doing Social Club on there for a few years now. Uh, we've been producing it and presenting it and what have you." 
decided to just revamp it and change it, make it a bit sharper, a bit nicer, a bit more polished and, and professional. And yeah, wait our bollocks off to, to get it there, but it's out there. If, you, if you've not seen it, go over to the Ball Street YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ball Street. Watch the show. We did some more stuff on the Jamie Carragher, spitting stuff, some of the, uh, the, the stuff that's going on at West Ham, which is terrible at the moment. Um, really, really good. I'm really pleased with it. So if you know if you liked it, let us know in the, in the comments below. But thanks very much for the, for the comments. Yeah, I'm pleased, buzzing. Um, but this is Redman, Chris. This is Redman Radio. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure. To join it really you. has. Yeah, good. And thanks for joining us on YouTube thanks as well for, for the on, first time. On YouTube, yeah, if you get on with it and, if, and, and, and you like it, do drop a like on the video if you want to see more Redman podcasts on YouTube. If you want more podcasts, I say go to redmentv.com, sign up. We do loads. We look like 20 odd a month. Um, doing some great stuff covering Liverpool from every single angle so if you need more Liverpool content in your life go to the Red yeah. and this is the free one as well so if, you, if you're not interested in all the other amazing podcasts that we do and you just want the free one there's Isn't a free it? one and there's a build up show every single week as well brilliant thanks very much for watching thanks very much for listening walk on imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.